podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. And welcome back, boys and girls, to Brutal Nation. I'm your host, Scott Alexander. Right across from me is the one, the only, the beast herself, Cammy, the underdog, Underwood. And of course, on the phone is Todd, the killer, Colab. Good morning, boys and girls. Hello. Good morning. Am I? Is my mic on? <laughs> yeah, your mic's on. Is this thing? It, hello? No, I'm kidding. I can, no, I can hear it now. I can hear you just fucking fine. Big well, ass mouth over there yapping. I couldn't hear it at first. Now I hear it. Leave me alone. God Who damn. Nebraska can hear her? Uh, tell me about it, man. Like fucking, she spent the night last night, right? Shut because up. we're doing it early morning. I am dead fucking asleep. And she gets to yapping. What'd I say? Well, first it was like, Jesus Christ! And I jumped out of my bed. That was that was in the beginning because my fucking hip hurt. Then I'm like sleeping and I, and I hear, oh, Scott. I'm like, what? What's wrong? Eh, nothing. Nothing. Just fucking dead quiet. Like, oh, this, this, this crazy ass is freaking sleeping. Okay, that's, that's fantastic. That's, <laughs> that's fucking special right there. <laughs> he knows well, I have a tendency know. to talk in my sleep when I'm stressed out. So it's his fault. Well, I mean, he didn't make you sleep on the porch. This my time. mother would have made you sleep on the porch. No. I almost put her out in my back shed. No, no, no. No, there have been times, though, when I've had full-on conversations in my sleep before with Scott because I've been so stressed out, but no. I I've had the same issues with the, vo- with the voices in my head have arguments and tell me to butt out. It's really strange. I don't know what to do about it. That happens to Scott, too. It's good times, man. It's good times. That's why certain people in his case can't be near each other in the apartment complex. Well, if they'll just kindly move, (laughs) uh, you know, it'll be all right. Yeah, I don't want his voices to move, though. They're fun. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so today we're going to be covering the Murdoch case. Yes, and and I'm doing it a little differently, but yeah. Well, before we get started, I have something I'd like to say. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah, go for it. Should we be buried? It's not our... I'm never worried. Well, about it's me. You should always be worried. <laughs> yeah, that's actually again, a good point. It's, it's, it's not like it's going to really stop me. I know we can't I mean, stop. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead. This is what I love about Todd. I can go, bud. Don't say that. Okay, Scott, I'm not going to say it. Anywho, this is what <laughs> happened. You're like, fuck, I just said don't. Well, it's Todd. Well, there's, there's, there's no filter. I mean, I'll never talk behind your back. I, I don't hide things from you. Unfortunately, people wish I would stop just being so blunt and going, hey, you know, I'm going to say my piece, and if the world doesn't like it, I'm sorry, but not sorry. Actually, uh, on a serious note, that's what I respect the most about you, like whether we're talking on or off air, is that you're very blunt, and you're very, very honest, and and it's always a, a good conversation. Yeah, and no matter what, when we say, hey, I got a question, you're like, anything. Yeah, I mean, literally can ask you anything, anything. in the fucking world. That's it's, yeah, it, it's we a may nice not change. like the answer, but anything. Well, that's weird. Cause that's why I tell people they, you know, they, I, they, well, we give me an honest answer. I always give an honest answer. You don't have to like the answer, but you're gonna get an honest one. Yeah. All right. Go, Todd. You. you have the but floor. I've been, but I've been, but I've been. Oh boy. 
Ah, got the floor. <laughs> I see you dancing. But the, uh, I can make anything dirty. <laughs> I, know. I was going to say, I see you kind of dancing a little bit. <laughs> well, here's the thing, Tammy. You know, we've been talking for a long time, and I've, you know, we've gotten close. We have. And, you know, I think it's time for me to profess my love oh. and admiration. Oh, and, this is going to be awesome. And I, 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 have something, I have something I'd like to read, read for you. Okay. Um, see what you have to say. Okay. Since neither of us are tradi- since neither of us are traditional, why should my marriage proposal be? <laughs> oh, I cannot propose this is be awesome. On- I cannot propose on bended knee, since that sends a whole other message in a maximum security prison. Unless, of course, you are on your unless, of course, you are on your elbows. So with. W- so with chili ramen in hand, I declare my polygamous love for you, your mom, and little side action loss for your sister and sister's best two friends, possibly the DoorDash delivery girl every other Thursday. But mostly you, babe. Mostly you. I promise to always make you sleep in the wet spot since I intend to mentally ravage all three holes and make the whole bed a wet spot. What that really means is a lot of sexual comments, and later today, UPS will be delivering you a vibrator with Kickstarter since I know you're not going green, and where the hell would you install the solar panel? (laughs) Now, now two giant wind generators, if you go topless, might be an option, but don't be surprised if Scott starts yelling clear while flicking the props and calling you a squatch duster. (laughs) I said it to get it. (laughs) <laughs> Jesus Christ, you fucking almost killed me. <laughs> I won't share a house with you as while well as it, it's the big house. The warden says all bunks are spoken for, but at least you will always know where I am, and that I will work like a crack hoe to send money your way like you were my pimp with an eight ball in your pocket and switch in hand. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Instead of a wedding band... I offered you a spare roll of toilet paper, two chili ramens, my roommate's soul, and an autographed picture of me to sell online. Will you be mine? Of course I will. It brought a tear to my eye. I know, I'm crying it's too. beautiful. <laughs> I love ramen. the chili I just said the chili ramen part. Jesus fucking Christ, I was taking a sip of my coffee and I fucking know better. <laughs> you had me a chili ramen. Oh my God. Oh. You know, I just, I just get creative sometimes, and the thought that I love it, it happens. You know what? It Our happens. fans have been waiting for this. <laughs> you don't know how many times I've heard. When are you and Tog going to get married? <laughs> yeah. And I've got the chili Robbins ready to go here, and my roommate <laughs> I Soul. You. I mean. Well, you know, that's, that's you know, up for the taking, right? <laughs> the only thing I have in cooking. Uh, Why have you already taken his <laughs> dignity? <laughs> he didn't have that when he moved in. Oh, my gosh. I think it's funny. Isn't he the one that's been with you for the longest, too, now? It seems that way. I think he has. Uh, you know, we had one that made it uh, 12 days. I had one that made it two days. There was one who made it about four months. And I think he's been about six, 
Hamlet, maybe. Yeah. I was going to say, he's been your roommate since we started talking with each other, so yeah. Uh, shortly after. You know, uh, yeah, yeah, something like that. Wow. I go through a lot of roommates. Jeff is the 17th roommate I've had since I've been here. Of six and a half years, I've had 17 roommates, which sounds like a lot, but then you think the fact that Three of those years, in between the in between this time frame, I went with single rooms for three years, where they'd move somebody in, move them out, give me a couple months without a roommate, move someone in, move them out, give me a bunch more months without a roommate. Wow. So, uh, yeah, I turned and burn them. I yeah. I guess I don't like the idea. I guess I don't like the idea that I sleep naked and I want to cuddle. I don't know. <laughs> I'm still trying to get over the thing. I I I, I work for you like a hoe, and you can be the pimp with a, like with an with eight ball and a switch in your hand. Jesus fucking Christ! I'm trying to get my composure composure yeah, over that. that. Jesus that, fucking you know Christ! What? That was that was even more epic in the one in the book to Briar. I I hands down love it. That is freaking awesome. You like personalized it so much. <laughs> I did. You did. But you know, the one I did with Briar. I did in 20 minutes, just on the spur of the moment, no draft, just right on the right on the tablet, no no draft, just, just ran with it. Just ran with it. <laughs> See, you put thought into mine. I love it. <laughs> so I just couldn't resist. I, you know what? It was epic, and I adore you. You're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh no, I don't God. even know if I can go on. Now, <laughs> now, I, now in, in honor of this, uh, me, you, your mom, your sister, your sister's best two friends, the DoorDash girl, should have a big group cop with hug. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> Scott can get in on this, but Scott's got to be on the other side. <laughs> fair enough, fair get enough. On I the mean, other side of the circle. Of them, Scott. Of them, Scott. Of no, them, no, Scott. I dig. Because like I, said before, like I said before, Todd, I love you, brother, but not that way. Side. Yep, like I said, man. Thank I, you. I, I say thank you. Yep. I love you, but just not in that way, man. <laughs> he says, Holy thank God. you for that. Okay, now that we got all got ah. our composure back, let's talk about this Murdoch case. Because Todd and I have talked about this, and you and Todd have talked about this off off the air. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. And Todd, you I think you got a raw deal. deal. I think so too. After you and I talked about it, fuck yeah. I I think you guys are now, right. I, now, but... I think he's a total slime ball. Okay, he he, he did <clears throat> fraudulent shit. He stole money. I mean, he was a junkie. He did a lot of. You know, I had escrow escrow accounts just like like a, a, a real estate firm has escrow accounts just like it like an attorney does where you hold clients' money, and you never, ever touch that money. You cannot borrow that money. You cannot turn around and mix your money in it. I mean, you actually you can keep the interest if you disclose that you keep the interest, and then you must immediately move the interest away because that would be commingling the funds. Right. And it's a swine ball for messing with their money. Now, 
I'm not entirely confident he didn't have something to do with killing his wife and kid. Right. But yeah. I don't think he I don't think he personally did it. <clears throat> and it all comes down to the weapons that were used. Right. One of them was killed with a pump action twelve gauge shotgun. That is a long weapon. Okay. Got some kick to it. Long weapon. The other one was an AR style AR style three hundred blackout. I have one, or I've had several, but I, well, I did. That is also a fairly long weapon. These are two major weapons. Nobody is going to kill somebody with a punk shotgun, put it down, then snatch up a 300 blackout and shoot the next person. Right. That's the whole purpose of having a pump or a semi-automatic. You just swing off to the other one and, and, and handle business. That tells me there was two shooters, two different heights. You got the attorney general who's a little dweeb anyhow, but he's he's trying to have this shotgun like he's holding it up over his head to shoot down to show the angle. I mean, what do you think? Andre the Giant did it? Oh Jesus! No, clearly this clearly this is not somebody who is five eight or five ten. The way he was holding the shotgun to show the angle. Clearly shows someone who was a, a, you know well above six two, right? And, and even then, it's kind of weird to hold a shotgun like that unless you were just retarded. Right. But if you have a if you're these are these are this is a this is a hunting family. They hunt birds. They hunt deer. This is a hunting family. Yeah. Nobody nobody's uncomfortable with using a shotgun or a rifle. Right. I can't see why anybody would carry two long guns. To kill two people who were beside each other, or even near each other, you would just transition, cycle the weapon or not if it's a semi-auto, and shoot the other one. Well, Problem yeah. done. Yeah. Well, and I kind of took a different approach to this because I wanted to just do the timeline of the whole thing, but I do kind of have a uh-huh. theory because they were both killed roughly at the same time. So you can't tell me yeah. he shot one and the other one didn't try to run. You know, okay. there was no evidence of that. But um, so I'm going to start with the timeline where it starts, of course, on June 7th of 2021. Um, so late in the night at approximately 10.07 p.m., South Carolina Law Enforcement Division, SLED for short, because I'm not going to say South that all the way through this, received a 911 call claiming two people were dead at an Islandton, South Carolina residence. When they arrived at the Murdoch family hunting lodge, they found 52-year-old Margaret or Maggie Murdoch and her 22-year-old son, Paul, dead on the property that spanned 1,770 acres. So there was plenty of room for them to run. Um, both of the deceased were members of the powerfully, powerfully prominent family in South Carolina. Since 1910, the Several Murdoch's had practiced law in the area. In fact, for the past 86-plus years, three generations had served as solicitors for the 14th Judicial Court. And surviving Meg and Paul were her then 53-year-old husband, Alex, and their son, Richard, who went by Buster. Now, in an odd twist, Paul was actually waiting to go on trial for the death of a 19-year-old woman related to a boating accident in 2019. According to the records, in April of 2019, when Paul was 20 years old, 
He was arrested and charged with two counts of causing significant bodily injury and one count of boating under the influence, causing death. Now, court records indicate that in the previous February, he was at a party on Paris Island and allegedly had a lot to drink. He left driving a boat containing five other people, and at approximately 2 a.m., he crashed the boat when he ran into a bridge piling. And on impact, 19-year-old Mallory Beach was ejected from the vessel, and her body wasn't recovered until a week later. Now, he appeared in court in May of 2019 when he pleaded not guilty to the charges, and the judge set his bond at $50,000. He was released after his family posted the bond, and at the time of his death, a trial date had yet to be scheduled. Now, some tried to speculate that maybe that had something to do with it, because within a few days after they were murdered, Alex's brothers made an appearance on Good Morning America, and they said that Paul had received threats online shortly before he was murdered. And they also insisted their brother Alex wasn't responsible. Okay? Then, I yeah. do take a moment to analyze the murders. According to reports, Maggie received a call from Alex, and I'll get into it a little later, asking her to meet him at the hunting lodge. Apparently, he wanted her to ride with him to visit his terminally ill father, Randolph Murdoch III, and after the phone call, Maggie sent a text to one of her friends talking about the call. The text stated she thought her husband was, quote, up to something and, quote, sounded fishy. So once Maggie arrived at the lodge, she parked her car near the house. Then she went over to the dog kennels where Paul was. And that's the location where the bodies were discovered. Now, when the authorities arrived at the scene after the 911 call, they noticed both victims had been shot. According to autopsy reports, they were both shot multiple times with different guns, and each sustained gunshot wounds to their wrists, chest, and head. So that makes it seem like they were being shot and they lifted up their arms to defend themselves, but nobody tried to run. Right? Otherwise, yeah. there'd be shots to the back, right? Right. No. Yeah. We're, we're following. We're yeah. following. Okay. I was just trying to clarify for my own, you know, to be like, hey, you know, somebody tried to run, there'd be shots to the back, not just the chest and head and wrist. So Alex told investigators that he was with his mother, who was diagnosed with dementia at the time. His wife and son were murdered. However, data pulled from local cell towers and his and Paul's and Maggie's phone, which included a video with his voice, indicated he was at the hunting lodge prior to the murders. Now, then three days after they died, Randolph Murdoch III passed away. Um... Now, he was actually the family patriarch and a local, a prominent local prosecutor. So they just wanted, we just want to make it clear how prominent this family is in South Carolina, you know. So then nearly three months after his wife and son were murdered on September 4th of 2021, Alex was shot in Hampton County, South Carolina. According to a statement issued by his attorney, Jim Griffin, he was shot in the head while he was changing a tire. He's conscious and talking, which is a very good sign. Now, according to reports at the time, an unnamed individual allegedly drove Alex to a nearby ambulance where EMTs initiated treatment while they waited for a life flight helicopter to arrive and airlift him to a local hospital. Now, that part made no sense to me. Why would somebody drive you to an EMT? Wouldn't they just wait for EMTs to arrive? You would think. Yeah. Especially with a gunshot wound to that fucking head. Yeah. That's what I said. So, but 
more comes out in a little bit. Griffin told reporters that Alex sustained, quote, an entry and exit wound, a skull fracture, and minor brain bleeding in two places. He also clarified the gunshot wound to Alex's head was not self-inflicted. According to a spokesperson for SLED, agents are actively investigating the incident and local authorities classified it as an attempted murder. Approximately two days later, um, Alex released a statement to the media that he was resigning his position with Peters, Murdoch, Parker, Eltrods, and Dietrich. Say that real fast. To enter rehab once he was released from the hospital for his superficial head wounds. According to his statement... The murders of my wife and son have caused an incredibly difficult time in my life. I've made a lot of bad de- of decisions I truly regret. I'm resigning from my law firm and entering rehab after a long battle that has been exacerbated by mur- these murders. I'm immensely sorry to everyone I've hurt, including my family, friends, and colleagues. I ask for prayers as I rehabilitate myself and my relationships. Now, come to find out, on, on September 7th, there was another twist. Apparently on the 3rd, the day before the shooting, uh, Alex was shot. Associates at his law firm confronted him about missing funds. This is what we, you were talking about from the business account. Uh-huh. After the confrontation, they notified the South Carolina Bar Association about the missing money. And reports indicate at that time he was suspected of embezzling approximately $1 million. It was after his meeting with his associates when Alex told his attorneys he planned to re- resign. When he was shot the next day, his associates actually went to the scene of the shooting and notified the authorities of the missing funds. And a spokesperson for this firm released a statement saying this is dis- saying they had severed ties with Alex and said, this is disappointing news for all of us. Rest assured that our firm will deal with this in a straightforward manner. There's no place in our firm for such behavior. Then Alex's attorney issued his own statement. He says Alex resigned from the firm after being accused of diverting lawyer fees, and these allegations prompted him to confront his dependency, and, his vol- and he voluntarily checked into an inpatient substance abuse rehab facility after being discharged from the hospital on Monday. But, you know, I can, uh, hold on, I'm going to stop you there, because I can, I can see that where you're getting confronted, you're at the rock bottom, because I've seen this when I've gone to a few NA meetings. Um, right. <clears throat> you're at your rock bottom, man. You know, you're you're actually stealing from the the company of which you're a partner of. You know, right. so I can I can totally see where you know what I'm going to resign and I'm going to take care of myself because what I'm doing is wrong. I can see that. Maybe he had. I'm not saying that he absolutely did have that moment of clarity. Right. But maybe it did. It's plausible. At least plausible. Well, check this yeah, out. But, he went to rehab but, in Orlando, Florida. <laughs> fucking Florida, Jesus okay, Christ. But, okay, but the Murdoughs in South Carolina are about the same level as the Kennedys. Okay? Okay. Getting, okay, they're everywhere. They got a shitload of money. They're very well known on both sides of of prosecuting in in, in defense. Right. And, I mean, it's well stated that they do whatever the hell they want to do. Okay. Kind of like the Kennedys. Getting a million... Exactly. And while while a million dollars sounds a lot to a lot of people, mm-hmm. it's not really that much money in that circle. Okay. Uh, you're talking about somebody who... We're, t- we're talking prominent attorneys. If you had a problem, they would have 
had, had a blow talk, he would have had to be leave the company or at least go to rehab. One of the partners does not want the bar involved. I can tell you that right now. I, I mean, if it was me, and I can imagine they're in the same, same circle, one of them would have put the million dollars back in to keep that from, because once you, once you show you lost money, you will have auditors on your ass for years. I was right. going to bring up the same thing. It you know? happen if it, it, well, it happened at my company, which you could, it couldn't because I, I was the only person who had access. I just would have put the money back in the damn account myself and then dealt with the problem and then dealt with it otherwise. This is a man who had multiple properties, owned part of an island. Yeah. He had land that was 1,700 acres. 1,700. Yeah, that's like 17 okay. times bigger than yours. <laughs> yes. You know how long it's going to take him to pee on every tree to mark his territory? <laughs> exactly. I was going to say, I don't know, Todd, That's how long it take you in, with the 100 acres you had. <laughs> the what? I give a shit. Who? Okay. People have to damn this thing. I was going to bring this up as, as a business owner. During the high point, and, you, and, you, and I was going to say the same thing you did about the million dollars. At the high point of my company, my oh. company was making over a you know a million five a month, and a million dollars really is not that much money when you're talking people that you know like like lawyers and, and production companies and things like that that are making better than a million five every month in profit. Right. So. To even embezzle a million dollars is essentially, it, it's almost like I stole 20 bucks. Right. That's, you know, when you're talking like apples to apples. Um, so, yeah, I, I can totally see where Todd's coming from on that. You know, a, a million bucks is nothing. You have somebody put it back in. You, you look at him and you go, dude, what you're doing is fucked up. You know you're not supposed to be doing that. Go get yourself some help. Get the fuck out of here. Because you do not want an audit. Yeah. And you do not want whoever is governing you and giving you your licenses involved in this shit. Right. You want to keep the government as far away from your shit as you can. You want them to pretend like you don't even fucking exist. Right. Because once you get them involved, everything's fucked. Oh, that's true. And, they're, you know, you're, you're, it, it, it's super high stress. I've been audited one time, and that was enough for me. My mom said the same thing. They were audited once, and it was enough for her, too. I'd rather be raped in the ass with a fucking fire hydrant than go through an audit. Like, seriously. Yeah. It's way less stress. Way, way less. See, and then... Well, you got to learn to do your taxes. I've been audited twice, and they basically uh, left me alone. Yeah, one time... You got to do your taxes. Yes. Oh, yes. I say I do... Yeah. Yeah, I got, I got my one time, and then after that, and the only thing they bitched about was that everything was accounted for down to the penny, because I'm a stickler. You know, yeah. and I could account for yep. literally every fucking penny that went in and every penny that went out. And said, your books are a little too accurate said, because I'm I'm OCD about that shit. Yeah. But outside of that, no fines. Oh. And after that, they were like, you know what? Let's just leave them the fuck alone. Yeah. That's funny because because my, my tax text text thing is so rubber. It's like one of those little uh, balls you buy at the, the little the uh, super balls gumball machines. That that bump, you know, that that, that they go like two hundred feet. Yeah. Um, they hit me one time for seven hundred and forty-three dollars. 
I refiled an amendment to my taxes, and five weeks back, I got my four, my 743 back. Uh, they've audited twice, but when I told them, I said, you're going to need to send me a, a U-Haul truck for all my receipts, because I have them all in trash bags marked by the year. You don't have them itemized? Oh, no, that's for you. <laughs> but I got them. I got them. Yeah, they didn't want to mess with that. So, you're, yeah, you're I, I, I owe them, like, uh, sometimes my balls are way too bigger than they need to be. Uh, they they got wheels on them, but um, yeah, I, I, I owe the IRS like two and a half million dollars, and they're not going to get it. <laughs> See, I'm afraid of the IRS agent looking at me crossways. Like I'm I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm watching this dude um, during my audit. You know, taking notes and looking at everything and looking at all my spreadsheets and everything like that. And I saw him literally twitch just a little bit and my butthole puckered. I'm like, oh, fuck, here we go. There's a twitch. I know I'm going to get a fucking million dollar fine. I know it. I fucking know it. And then, like I said, at the end, they're like, you know, your books are a little too accurate. Yeah. But Scott, I'm a sociopath. I'm calm. You walk in. You're nice to them. Never be an asshole to an IRS agent. That's He's got fact. the bigger dick. That okay? is a fact. Never be mean. Never be mean to one. Okay. Explain to him. You know, I try to do my job. I try to do my taxes correctly. I, I do try. There may be an error here and there, but I, I've got real close. But you know, I'm not an accountant. I have accountants, but I don't. I'm not an accountant, but I try to do honest. And here, this is my my receipts. Now, I have moved money all over the place through shell corporations and everything else to, to defer, and I double, triple, quadruple dip all my receipts across the thing. And it, it, it's it's an art form of can you catch me? Can I get away with it? Eventually, they're going to catch you. But I intended to be like only half of Montana by that time. Um, <laughs> But, I mean, it happened. I'm going to shut the company down and just left. Um, but, yeah, the IRS is not somebody you really want to actually play with unless you're just uh, a sociopath that goes, no, I made it. I'm keeping it. Yeah. yeah. No, I'll give you that. All right, so let's continue on before yeah. we start getting all timed out on, on well, this. Well, yeah, because I only have an hour and a half left. But um, So after the news broke of uh, the embezzlement ac- allegations, Randolph Murdoch IV, Alex's oldest brother, issued his own statement yes. condemning the allegations that his younger brother had committed any criminal actions and saying that um, he does not condone it and... He goes, I do not support condoner excuses, conduct, and stealing by manipulating his most trusted relationships. Then on um, September 15th, the authorities announced they had a break in the case of Alex's shooting, and they alleged that he tried to arrange his own death so that his surviving son, Buster, could receive a life insurance payout of approximately $10 million. They... Slade claimed they arrested then 61-year-old Curtis Edward Smith, uh, the man Alex uh, supposedly paid to shoot him. He was charged with assault, pointing and presenting a firearm, conspiracy to commit insurance fraud, assisted suicide, battery of a highly aggravated nature, and insurance fraud. Um, According to Sled Records, Alex contacted Smith in an effort to hire him to commit the shooting. Smith claimed that Alex gave him the gun and gave him instructions to shoot him in the head. Two days before the announcement, Alex admitted to the authorities he had hired Smith to kill him. Um, he thought this that- goes to show 
Uh-huh. This goes to show people, just like when you go to hire a realtor to sell your house, when you're looking for a hitman, hire a professional. Don't get Jimmy down the street. Hire a professional. Go ahead and pay for that name brand right. who gets the job done painlessly uh, and, and without all this added drama. See, if they had called me, I'm very affordable. And I mean, <laughs> it would have been done without all this pain and anxiety. Always hire a professional. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> ben, um, on September 15th, they also arrested Alex for his own shooting. The same day the authorities announced Alex hired a man to shoot him, his attorneys learned there was a warrant out for their client's arrest, and they stated that he fully intended to surrender himself the following day. And then on September 16th, Alex arrived in an SUV at the Hampton County law enforcement center to turn himself into the authorities within hours of his arrival sled announced to media that alex had been arrested in connection to a shooting incident on september 4th in which he conspired with curtis smith to assist him in committing suicide um let's see here then that same day there's yet another twist in the legal issues alex faced sled issued a statement claiming they were going to reopen investigation into his former housekeeper, Gloria Satterfield's death. Um, let's see here. In, from 2018, apparently her death was initially ruled an accident from a fall in Alex's family home in Hampton, South Carolina, and they had since sold that residence. Um, according to reports, at the time the case was reopened, the coroner had discovered some inconsistencies with her death. And those inconsistencies re weren't reported to the coroner at the time of the death. As a result, an autopsy was not performed. Um, apparently, uh, Gloria's sons, Michael Satterfield and Brian Harriet, filed a civil suit against Alex and several others, which claimed they were never issued an insurance payout. And they alleged that after Gloria died, Alex approached them and advised them to file a lawsuit against him. And then he introduced them to a guy by the, uh, an attorney by the name of Corey Fleming and advised them to hire Fleming to represent them in the lawsuit. However, he neglected to inform them that he had gone to college with Fleming. In fact, they weren't only roommates. Yeah. He was the godfather of one of Alex's children. So that's pretty much a conflict of interest right there. In 2018, Alex's insurance company agreed to issue Gloria's sons a partial settlement of $505,000 for her death. However, they say that they never received that money. And the authorities announced they would open an investigation to see if her death was a result of foul play. Um, then in June of 2022, they announced that they would be exhuming the body to perform an autopsy. And it was going to take a couple weeks, if not days, to, you know, sort everything out. Then on September 16th, Alex has his first court appearance. Shortly after his arrest for his own shooting, he had a court appearance for his arraignment and bond hearing. Um, the, his, one of his defense attorneys... I love this name, Dick Harputleon. <laughs> I love that. I'm telling you. Spoke and, and he is a dick. Is he? He is a dick. He spoke to the yes. at the hearing and told the judge, Alex had fallen from grace before any of that falling happened. His wife and son were brutally murdered. 
and that has an extraordinary effect on him. We'd ask you to allow him to go and help heal himself. So they actually, the judge actually did order a bond of twenty thousand dollars, ten for the insurance, ten thousand for the insurance fraud, five for the conspiracy to commit insurance fraud, and five thousand for filing a false police report. Then he posted bail and returned back to the his rehab facility. Um, then the, on October thirteenth, twenty twenty one, Jim Griffin, his attorney, one of his attorneys, told reporters that his client had been a prime person of interest in the death of Megan and Paul since their murders. Um, he said that Sled has said from the get go that Alex is a person of interest, but he continued to say he had no motive to kill them. He would think that if Alex was the one who did it, that Sled would have been able to establish that pretty easily that night. You would think they would have searched his house and found blood somewhere. You would think they would have found the murder weapons on the property. You would think they would have come up with something to link Alex to the murders forensically or independent evidence. To my knowledge, they have not done that. Um... Then the next day, he was arrested and faced new charges for misappropriating insurance settlements. Um, that was in relation to the uh, lawsuit filed by Gloria Sons. And then um, on that same day, more information regarding his shootings were re- his shooting was released. Apparently, Curtis Smith appeared on the Today Show. And he claimed that Alice asked him to meet up on the rural road on September 4th. He said that when he arrived, Alex had the gun. And he stated, Alex said, you going to shoot me? I said, no. He said, well, you've got to do it. And he made us move like this. I just grabbed his arm. I shoved the gun up behind him between me and him. And it went off. Um, he also said he, he was a thousand percent sure the bullet didn't enter, hit either of us. However, after Smith appeared on television, Alex released his medical records from the incident. And according to those documents, he was shot peripherally in the back of his head. And at the time, he was at the hospital in Savannah because he was life flighted to Savannah, Georgia Memorial Health. He underwent a head to toe examination and he was admitted to the intensive care and placed on a trauma list. Um, The chief resident said... There, his examination revealed two superficial appearing bullet wounds to the posterior scalp with no active hemorrhage. And according to EMS notes, the be- bleeding from the two wounds to the back of the head was controlled before he even made it to the hospital. So um, he also said that other than providing these records, we will not be offering any other comment at this time. That was from his attorney. Now, I want to get back to this. Um I I find it, I mean, because I don't know how it, he could have, like, shoved the gun up behind Alex between them unless Alex had his back to him. But then if he was, like, shoving the gun towards him, how could, you know what I mean? How does that make any sense? He was shot in the back of the head. Right, but according to Smith's statement, Alex was facing him, shoved the gun towards him. He grabbed his arm and shoved the gun behind him between us. He said between me and him. So it's like he did he like turn him around, wrench his arm up, or what? No, no. You're taking the word of a crackhead trying to get out of it because he couldn't even 
couldn't okay. even shoot the guy because it would make made no sense to me how he said it happened. And did I did I understand he was shot with two bullets, not one? It doesn't say how many bullets. It just said two wounds, like a through and through. Okay, I think it's bullshit. I mean, I don't see it. Maybe it happened, but I mean, you'd have to grab the arm, twist it up behind somebody, unless it's going to be from the bottom to the top where it could graze. That's a hell. That's a hell of a. That's a hell mary shot of like you got to be kidding me. I just don't see it. I mean, unless yeah. you unless you release the gun in your hand. If you have the gun in your hand, why would it be in that angle? Why would you have it? I don't see it. Uh, I think he's full of shit. Um, no. Now that he got, now they got, he, he, they, they, they bundled this whole thing up. And, and I mean, think about something. These two bundled up the easiest thing ever. Yo, shoot me in the head. Right. As I'm bent over changing okay. a tire. <laughs> Okay, this is a, it doesn't get any easier than that. I mean, th this is wagging the bait and the fish jump in the boat. Okay, this is easy shit. At the same time, you're talking about a guy who supposedly pulled out two different long rifles and shot his wife and kid cleanly and got away with no evidence, no blood spot. You know, you don't go from sophistication to this shit that quickly. Right. I mean, he, he may be book smart. He may be able to be shrewd in the courtroom, but he's, tip, he's clearly, both of them are dipshits in, when it comes to that world. Ben is a box you know, of if rocks. You don't cover yourself in deer. If, you don't, if you're not in a, in a tree stand covered in deer piss, he doesn't know, he, he's not a hunter. He doesn't know how to, he ain't gonna, that's not his world. Right. I mean, he bundled, a, he bundled an intentional suicide with help. Right. You know, you, two idiots do not make a smart person. Right. I agree with you on that one. Now, um, now on November 18th, a grand jury passed down five indictments and charged Alex with 27 counts of financial misconduct. Um, those, for, those were for... Um, misappropriated funds from his clients and other lawyers. Then the day before he appeared in court for a bond hearing on December 9th, the grand jury handed down seven additional indictments, which added up to 21 more counts of financial crimes. So that's a total of 48 charges he faced, included money laundering, breach of trust with fraudulent intent, forgery, computer crimes, and obtaining signature or property by false pretenses. Um, at that time, they said he allegedly stole more than $6.2 million from several victims. Um, then on January 21st, 2022, he accrued uh, four more indictments, which consisted of 23 new charges, 19 for breach of trust with fraudulent intent, and four for computer crimes. And that's when they decided to put the Murdoch family estate in Moselle, where the murders took place, up for sale. In February 2022, and they were asking $3.9 million for the property. So that tells you, you know, what kind of money they had to begin with. Um, then in, on June 29th of 2022, he was indicted on more money laundering charges. 
and with the alleged money laundering and painkiller ring that went on for eight years with Curtis Smith, yes, the same one accused of trying to kill him, at that point, he faced 81 total criminal charges just for money laundering and, you know, financial fraud. Hey, if at first you don't succeed, get the guy who fucked it up the first time to help you out some more. Yeah, yeah there you go. Exactly. That tracks. Exactly. That tracks. Then it was July 14th of 2022 when the Colleton County, South Carolina grand jury indicted Alex for the murders of Maggie and Paul. He was formally charged with two counts of possession of a weapon during the commission of a violent crime and two counts of murder. Once the indictment was handed down, Alex's attorneys released a statement stating Alex wants his family, friends, and everyone to know that he did not have anything to do with the murders of Maggie and Paul. He loved them more than anything in the world. It was clear from day one that law enforcement and the attorney general prematurely concluded that Alex was responsible for the murder of his wife and son. Um... Then on July 15th, the next day, officials released reports that claim Alex contacted Maggie and asked her to meet him at the property. Um, apparently, they were having uh, marital problems at the time, and she was living separately from him at their beach house on Edisto Island. Is that how it's pronounced? Which was approximately one hour from the hunting lodge. Um, apparently, Maggie said that she didn't want to meet him at the lodge, but he convinced her to. And that's when she sent a text to her friend saying that he was fishy. His behavior was fishy and something didn't add up. Um, not long after the messages were sent, Paul and Maggie were killed. Then on January 23rd, 2023, again, why does my birthday always have to come into this? Because you're a fucked up individual. That's why. <laughs> Everybody commits crimes on my birthday. Now, approximately 17. Affirmative months- <laughs> female inmate. Shit. <laughs> By the way, we're going to time out and like it, we're at 48 minutes. Just letting y'all know. Okay, I can finish this one. Then we can he can call back. Yeah, finish okay. that one. So approximately 17 months after Paul and Maggie were murdered on January 23rd, 2023, Alex's murder trial began. Due to the prominent social status of the Murdoch family and the massive amount of media coverage on the murders, the attorneys on both sides found it difficult to select an impartial jury. During the proceedings... Crichton Waters, the senior assistant deputy attorney general, showed the jury a plethora of evidence against Alex, including in that evidence was a Snapchat video critical to the case that was sent by Paul to several of his friends the night he and his mother were shot. Waters asked the court to subpoena a Snapchat representative, which the judge approved as long as the witness was there from the beginning of the trial until he testified. A few days before trial began, Alex's defense attorneys petitioned the court in an effort to prevent the prosecution from submitting a bloodstain pattern analysis obtained from an expert by the name of Tom Bevel in regards to the spatter found on Alex's shirt the night he reported the murders. So I'm going to leave it at there because then we're going to get into the trial and stuff since then. But um, (coughs) that's where we're at so far. And a lot of things aren't adding up with me. But like I said, I kind of have a theory that I'm going to get to at the end of this. Groovy. Let's wrap this one up, and then, Todd Lee, you can call back. Remember, boys and girls, yeah, yeah. You, can send, <laughs> you can send us an email, BrutalNation, TwistedBlueLLC.com. Check us out on Medium, Crime Beat on Medium, and wherever you get your blogs. This show's copyrighted 2023 by Twisted Blue LLC. All rights are reserved, and we will see you guys later on. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye.